Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Thinking Project Podcast, where we interview founders and creatives to help you take the next step in your business by listening to inspired stories of these wonderful founders. I hope you enjoy this podcast and make sure to share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right. Levi Lindsay, thanks for joining me, sir. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was, uh, I mean, I've been following you for a long time on on LinkedIn, um, but it wasn't until I, I really wanted to interview you after I had Lindsay Ivy on my podcast and yeah, uh, talking about awesome. some of the, yeah, no, Lindsay is great. You're absolutely right. And she was talking about some, of, about some of the work you're doing. So like the We Are Mind stuff, but I know you're also the founder of like, uh, vid army that was a while back and now you're working with neighbor so i would love to give you the opportunity though just to introduce yourself like what you do what you got going on right now and everything like that yeah uh right now full-time creative director at neighbor.com uh it's like airbnb but for storage um so just super sexy um <laughs> and uh but really we're we're trying to connect neighbors with neighbors uh, save money while people make money um, and uh, I am still co-founder at uh, WeAreMind.org uh, with Nick Staggy, um, trying to awareness around mental health by adding the thought bubble to your profile. Um, also selling apparel or doing events to raise funds to provide free therapy to people. Wow. So, oh gosh, there's so much, to, there's so much to dive into um, as I've been doing research on you and, and, and everything you have going on. Um, but I guess we should start with just like your journey, right? Like, um, how did you get into business? Was Vid was Vid Army your first um, like endeavor into owning your own company? So I I met my wife after I did an LDS mission, and uh, I was fixing windshields at the time, doing windshield repair. Okay. Um, so the company had like 14 employees or so. Um, and I hoping kind of manage that. And then to get, my wife gave me an ultimatum. She's like, you can marry me now and move down to St. George and go to Dixie with me. Or you can wait till I'm graduated. And I was like, I'll, I'll move down to Dixie. <laughs> so I moved down there and I started a branch of that windshield repair company down there. And then after a year, um, I decided to buy it. And luckily my boss was, he gave me a really good price. And so I just dove into entrepreneurship and uh, I didn't know, I remember I sold a, a rock chip with it was on someone's insurance and I didn't know how to do that. So I just called the insurance company and I was on the phone with the lady and I was like, Hey, I just started this company and I like, I need to bill you for this rock chip. And luckily she was super nice and she's like, oh, okay, I'll get you set up. She's like, let's just <laughs> run you through this one and go to this website and do this. And I was like, oh, whew. I was like, this isn't as scary as I thought. And so that was kind of my first taste of entrepreneurship. And then um, after I graduated, um, started BitArmy with a, with a buddy. Oh, that's cool. I love that story. Uh, just getting into entrepreneurship by buying a current business or like a branch of a current business. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like, okay, so you've kind of done both. You were an entrepreneur by acquisition and entrepreneur by founder, right? Um, 
how what were the differences like how would you describe each situation um i guess each time um I did start a little clothing company as well, where that one was purely from scratch. I ended up selling that to someone who messaged me out of New York. And I think it's still running from what I can see. It's called Rexel, W-R-E-X-I-L. That was like from scratch, truly. Uh, VidArmy, um, the guy I started it with, he, he'd already had video production equipment and, and like knew some clients. And so that one... Not necessarily acquisition, but like we named it together VidArmy and started like going in and then I jumped in full time immediately and he was doing a full gig. And so it, it felt like from scratch because we definitely like got two clients right off the bat or something like that, but didn't have to um, put the money into equipment or anything like that to get to get going, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But the, but it must have felt different between like the VidArmy style and maybe the uh, you know, and, and your windshield repair company. Uh, and so, because it's just different, right? And, and uh, I love that you put like taste of entrepreneurship by buying, because there's just so many definitions of entrepreneurship now. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's a yeah. big one that's like, that's like, you have to like, work 80 hours a week, start from nothing, like live in the basement or whatever, or whatever, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so it's yeah. nice to always hear like the other, the other side of it, right? Which is like, oh, no, you can actually do this a different way yeah well i made mistakes in both very very crucial startup mistakes in both <laughs> that's for sure i remember Go with ahead. the windshield repair business i hired this dude um he like was he was right out of jail and had like just tattoos on his fingers and like everywhere and he's just a rough dude not that like i mean i have a tattoo yeah. it's not like those are bad it's just he just looked like a rough right. dude um, yeah. and uh, I, I hired him full time and then had him go on location. I trained him for a day and then I like would do his thing. Um, and the sales were rolling in. I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm watching law and order at home. And, <laughs> um, this dude is selling for my business that I own. This is amazing. And then his first paycheck came due and I didn't have enough money in the bank account to pay him his first paycheck. And I was like, because there's a lag between like, I didn't, I didn't collect all the cash at the same time that I owed him the money. And so I was like, dude, I can only pay you this much and then I'll get you later. And that was, uh, I didn't know what working capital was, but that was like a lesson in working capital. Yeah. And then in, in, you know, in bid army scaling, scaling from uh, me and a partner to 17 um, team members and having tracks with the church of Jesus Christ and Amazon and doing a video for Pepsi. Like you learn a lot along the way, a lot, a lot more than just the working capital <laughs> along the way. Yeah. How is it working with uh, companies like Pepsi, Amazon, or like uh, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? It's awesome. It's every company is different and they have their different nuances. The guys at Pepsi were super, super duper chill. Um, uh, Randy Thornhill, um, who's now at Red Bull, he was our contact there. Um, and he was just like, he was one of my first experiences where someone was like in a really high position at a company, at a big company and still was down to earth and mm. just didn't take things too serious. Um, yeah. He, he was, he was awesome. Um, and then Amazon was really cool. 
um the church was cool it just takes a while to get the contracts going it's there's a lot of red tape the bigger the organization the more red tape there is for sure yeah that's great yeah that's interesting so um since then though i mean what what uh so take us through the whole uh exiting vid army experience because it kind of goes from there right like you start your windshield you go into vid army um and then you head to what is that i think kizix and then to neighbor right yep yep with vid army i like the mistakes of all of us founders and just a a bunch of weird situations weird life situations and a lack of agreement and being on the same page and contracts things just can't things just came to a head and it was like get me the freak out of here the juice is no longer worth the squeeze um yeah and i just i just i gotta get out i looked at my wife and i was like i you know i spent three years building this first year i didn't take a paycheck and worked time in it while my wife worked while pregnant working all the way up until she had already the day of um so i could work full-time in this startup um looked her in the eye and i was like i think i just i think it's all for nothing and i I just need to get out and she looked at Mm -hmm. me and she just said i i just want my husband back Um, that's that was when i called the lawyer had the contract drafted up called my partner and said get me out of here man Oh geez, man! Wow, what a wild story, dude. But but was all for the best for you though. Great learning experience throughout. Now now I can see it. But uh, after I left, I was like, so I had very heavily tied my identity to the success of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was just like, okay, I'll be happy when VidArmy does mm-hmm. this in revenue. I'll be happy when we have this many employees. I'll be happy when we have this many clients or I'll be happy when things are automated so much that I don't have to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just stuck to that idea and put off happiness and just burnt myself out. So when it was like, it just, the bandaid was ripped off. I felt ashamed. I felt like I didn't succeed. I felt um, like, what in the world do you, do I do next? I've been, I, I got a pointless, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Weaver. I got I got a really pointless degree in professional sales uh, at Weber. <laughs> so sorry, Weber. Please have me to speak one day. Uh, anyway, I love college. College is very necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, then did the startup and then I was out. Luckily, I made a lot of good connections along the way and had posted right. a lot on LinkedIn and Alex MacArthur, by some miracle, shot me a DM and said, what are you up to? He's a CMO at Kizik, was a CMO at Purple, mm-hmm. um, took them to to the moon. Um, awesome dude. And for some reason, I talked to him just giving me some random uh, ambiguous role at Kizik and, and then uh, ended up at Neighbor after that. Wow, man. That's cool. Is it? Yeah, I saw you post that. It was, you know, um, a while ago, a few months ago when it was like that, that was the DM that kind of changed the trajectory of everything. Right. Um, Isn't, isn't that cool though? That's like the whole point of networking or like, you just never know, I guess, how, how things are going to play out in your network when you're like genuine, you like talk to people. Right. And, and you just build those relationships over time. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that Lindsay and I talked about is just like building that uh, networking. So I think that's great. 
LinkedIn is the best lifeboat an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur could have. Yeah, intrapreneur. Yeah. Okay, tell me that's more. A, that's a Nick Staggy. That's a Nick Staggy phrase. Um, when I talked to him and I was like, dude, you're not an entrepreneur anymore. Like, what the F? I'm not, oh. I'm not cool anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I'm an entrepreneur. I'm working in a company and... I'm, I'm at a, and especially being an entrepreneur at a startup can feel a lot like the startup, but what's really cool is you get to specialize in what you are good at. Um, yeah. Oftentimes when you're, oftentimes when you're an, an entrepreneur, you have to do a lot of things that you're not good at out of necessity and lack of funds, mm-hmm. um, which causes <laughs> yes. a lot of extra stress and burden on the person. Yeah. Uh, like I was doing sales. I'm not a good salesperson. Someone if someone asks the price, I give it to them. And then I immediately start going down and they don't even have to word. And I just, I'm just like uh, a thousand bucks. And then they won't even respond. And I'll be like, or 500. Um, so not, not a good salesperson. Um, but sure. thankfully, because it giving me a shot, I got to learn that all along creative is really where I found my home. Yeah. I like that. No, I like entrepreneur because kind of at, at the beginning of the conversation, we were talking about different definitions of entrepreneur and how like m- most people think entrepreneur means that you have to be a founder, you got to grind and all these things. But like, you know, there's a, you can be, and I guess entrepreneur is the word you use, right? Like, like people still need, um, yeah, entrepreneurs, like visionaries still need the people who can get it done. Because like, in my experience, I don't know if this is a gen- too big of a generalization, but in my experience, a lot of entrepreneurs are visionaries, right? Like they have the idea, but they don't really know all the pieces to put in place to get it done. And so that's, so like, I'm like, I had my hand at like founding companies and doing things. And I realized like, that just wasn't for me, but if somebody had an idea, like I knew how to put it together and I knew how to make it run. Right. But like m- all of my ideas were not good. <laughs> so like, I was not a visionary. But so I like that term entrepreneur because it's all very applicable to a lot of people. Yeah, it's like Ron Swanson says, um, <laughs> you know, you can ha- you can half-ass many things or you can whole-ass one thing. <laughs> right. And what's nice is like, I, I've got equity in neighbor. Um, my my yeah. equity in neighbor is, is going to be worth far more than owning 50% uh, at Mid-Army. And so... But, but it, com- it comes with, it just doesn't come with that like ego boosting title of entrepreneur. And frankly, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there in the shadows making a ton of money and succeeding at it. And there's some that like, I was, I was one of those entrepreneurs where I was like boasting about it on LinkedIn, but like at the end of the day, I was going home and having panic attacks and I was, and it really, this wasn't for me, not to say I won't do entrepreneurship again, but um, they like creatively um, go fast breakfast. Um, I can't remember who he was, but he said something that always stick with me. He's like, before you become an entrepreneur, know thyself. That is the most important thing you can do before you start a company, know thyself. Um, and if, if you're not a good technical founder and you're trying to start a software, go find a technical founder to be with you. Um, don't, don't yeah. go find someone who matches all of your skill sets. Like you said, if you are a visionary, find someone who knows how to put pieces together. If you know how to put pieces together, find yourself a visionary. Right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that. And, and I like the, the know thyself. I think 
I mean, that's a big, you know, Greek axiom, right? Is like, I mean, it's just good. It's just good to do in general is to like, just be really real with yourself. I mean, that's what, that's what ended. That's how I ended up in, in kind of that similar situation because, and I would even go so far as to say that there's just different types of being an entrepreneur. Like, so some people wouldn't even, you know, um, I, I have a really good friend uh, who talks about entrepreneur by acquisition, right? Like buying a company, like not very many yeah. people can do that either. Like that's still hard, you know, to buy a company that, you know, isn't doing well and, 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 you know, revamp it and rebrand it. And, and I mean, that's a whole startup by itself. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's just, di it's just different. And, and uh, I think we just get into these, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase and pardon my language, but like pissing contests over like who's what entrepreneur really means. You know what I mean? And it's like, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's just me. Yeah. I've met entrepreneurs um, that have, that have 500 employees they're only doing five million dollars a year mm -hmm. i've met entrepreneurs that are doing hundreds of millions of dollars a year and have 30 employees uh it, it's also relative and there's a lot of like there's a lot of ego in the entrepreneurship space <laughs> um but like yeah. right now even being an entrepreneur i'm um i don't know i i, I tell people i'm uh, live in a a really great situation in the sense that I have equity. My paycheck comes every two weeks, um, and so there's some risk involved, um, and and some awesome reward down down the line. Not as much mm -hmm. as the founders of the company, but um, mm -hmm. yeah. But, but there's other ways to to get equity, um, and there's yeah. other ways to to have that upside without taking all the risk. Well, and for me, it's like. Um, and this is kind of a great segue into, you know, your company, we are mine.org, right? Is like, um, I've always, I always, like, I'm really cool now because, like, I know who I am. Like, I'll always have a side gig. You know what I mean? Like, I think, and, and for me, the, the rationale behind it was like, it's just another source of income. And I get, and I also get to like make a little bit of money. And I feel like I'm living out the whole like making money by do when you do what you love. Cause like the podcast, doesn't I mean it, it, I tell people like when they ask me about my podcast I'm always like I make enough to stay poor from it but like <laughs> you know what I mean but like but I have fun and it's cool and then I work with other companies and it's great you know what I mean so it's like either way but um so now you're at at neighbor but you have I mean and this we are mine.org like nonprofit. I know it's kind of an organization like can you explain more about what what we are mine.org is yeah it's uh you know, I'll probably be a broken record on this. Uh, Nick and I have probably said this on lots of podcasts, but it, like it started by accident, which I think any good community starts by accident. Yeah. Um, I think when you try to force a brand or a community down someone's throat, um, it's icky and unauthentic and people can feel it and they can tell. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, Nick just kind of put out a post one day out of a framework that we'd working on a logo that we had commissioned and then people started adding the thought bubble and um and then we started selling apparel and then people started buying it and um and then one day we came together and said well let's have an event and and earl foot let us have it at industry and provided the venue and and then we said we want to have another event and then um uh we young living um stephen wright 
um, let us into Young Living for free. And so each time we've been raising funds through apparel or through, um, through events, or it's like uh, Tyler Bender who runs our social media. She, mm-hmm. um, oh, she's been on your podcast, right, yeah. Tyler? Tyler, yeah, Tyler's great. Um, yeah, she's awesome. One day she was like, "Hey, let's put up sign on a pole where you can tear it off, and it says like something nice today, or like text a friend, or check on your happy friends." And someone totally unrelated to us um, filmed a, a reel. Uh, and posted it to Instagram of them tearing one of those away and just showing the the little kindness phrase. And it's it, it had like two hundred thousand views on it. And wow. so we're just kind of we're just kind of <laughs> doing stuff. Uh, there's not, yeah. there's not like a big do it. We're not a nonprofit yet. Clay Olson okay. with Fight the New Drug is is helping us get get going there um, and and advising us on that. Um, yeah because yeah nonprofit. yeah that's really hard (laughs) nonprofit is just very arduous takes a long time to get gotta go through you you can start an llc in 20 minutes and and 75 (laughs) bucks but starting uh i didn't realize a nonprofit you know can take six months and gotta have a certain number of board members and you have to submit your your plan and yeah 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 they want (laughs) to they want to know why you're not paying taxes man they want to know. They want to yep. know. <laughs> yeah, I, I've uh, yep. no. When I, I, I got. It's funny that you bring up, um, like, the professional sales degree because I, I'm, I'm a salesman by like trade. Like that's just I've been in sales for like ten years, and I love it. And uh, yeah, I've never seen. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can say it because you're, you're on here, right? And you've already said it. But yeah, I've never saw the real <laughs> you in a professional sales degree. Like I, I was just like, ooh. Look, look, if you're an engineer or, oh my gosh, if you're a doctor or if you're, you know, if you're working on a nuclear missile, by all (laughs) means, go get a, go get a degree. Yeah. But marketing sales, like, yeah, I don't know, go start getting on LinkedIn and start posting every day on LinkedIn and be an SDR and skip the degree. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I've hired people who had the professional sales degree, you know, and, and uh, it's just interesting conversations. They're like, oh yeah, I know how to sell. I got my sales degree. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm like, let's do it then, man. You're hired, bro. <laughs> cause then, yeah. cause then we yeah. just throw them into the fire and it's like, not the same thing, you know? Cause like you realize that like no. all the stuff in the books, you like can't say to real people because I don't know, they're yeah. real people. <laughs> They're not well, they didn't even teach us what a CRM was uh, in the no, professional sales degree. <laughs> really? No, I've never, like, see, I've never like, did not, it's like, no oh. one sat us down and was like, here's HubSpot and Salesforce and, and, uh, and here's how to use them. Zoho, Zoho. And here's how you use it. Here's the benefits of one versus the oh. other. But in college just moves at such a, a glacial, what's a, yeah. a snail's pace that, yeah it can't keep up with the ever changing yeah. world of sales and, and software and right. marketing certainly can't keep, keep up. I was talking to, um, we have a creative producer on staff here. I was talking to him about film school and uh, his film professor told him that graph, this was you know a few years ago. He's like, graphic design is this emerging new innovative field. <laughs> and it's like, it's this, it's this 70 year old dude that, you know when he got his degree 
you had to take um, to do graphic design. You had to probably print on a printing press. And so just college just moves too slow for the world. Yeah, it really does. No, I could not. I could not agree more. I uh, and, and I'm in the boat like I'm going for my MBA right now. Um, and but I and I can see all of that because like we're in a marketing class right now. And I'm like and our my marketing professor is this old guy who just has an ego that goes to the moon. And I'm like, I've learned more about marketing on YouTube for free than I had to do to pay this class. But I saw, I'll, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, oh, okay, sorry. Uh, I was gonna say, I saw the other day, um, you can find a full MIT course on YouTube right now. Yeah. Um, like knowledge is, knowledge is commonplace these days. Like yeah, people are yeah. willing to share knowledge with you. Nothing yeah. is, nothing is sacred no piece of knowledge is sacred these days with the yeah. internet so it yeah it just doesn't make any sense yeah i've always so my childhood dream and i remember writing it on a whiteboard and like i don't know i grew up in a really small town and so our church was really small and we have chalkboards um so i remember writing it on the chalkboard like i want to get my mba so that's the only reason i'm doing it i found a cheap program at su it's like to fulfill a childhood dream of mine because like why not and but but and, I do and not to say yeah. college is worth something like you yeah. you learn stuff at college it's it's yeah. a great experience in a lot of ways the the biggest thing is I think people rely too heavily on it like I agree and I think we've it, kind of like, switched oh go ahead sorry I didn't mean to interrupt go ahead no no you go ahead no I've interrupted um, you enough you go ahead <laughs> well I was just saying like um I was just talking to a friend about this and like how how, how college is like it just it's just another you know, tool belt, but, but we're really in, like, we've seen this shift even on LinkedIn and stuff where it's like, we're not in like a, you know, it, we're in more of like a gig and a skill economy than we are in this old, like, you know, 40 years, get the gold Rolex, retire, you know what I mean? And end up fishing. Like we don't have to do that anymore. And like, so now it's very skill-based. It's like, do you have a marketable skill that somebody's willing to pay you to do for them? And, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, nowadays, that you know you know a while ago it was only like maybe engineering or like accounting some of like these tangible skills but now it's like sales graphic design videography like content creation like these are actual things that people need and, and they're willing to pay lots of money for and so we've, it's just been weird how we've switched to like you know a very like yeah only certain people have the knowledge and and uh you know like a lot of these things were hidden. Like, like I didn't know what a salesperson was when I was growing up. Like, yeah. in fact, in fact, like when I grew up in my really small town, so small town in Iowa farm and factory. And I like was this sales guy from like not knowing it, but I would just sell stuff. Like I got kicked off the playground because my school was selling treats and snacks for a lot of money. And I realized that if I went to Walmart, I could buy them for less and sell them for and sell them for less than the school and make money. <laughs> yeah, they found that's out entrepreneurship out. too. Yeah, they kicked me out. And you know what's funny about that? I tell this story sometimes, but like I got, but like in high school, you know, they have like the most likely to awards, right? Mm -hmm. Like most likely to, yeah. I got, so nobody yeah. knew what a salesperson was. Like we didn't know what that was. So I got like, I was, I was a good dancer. That's something that that's not important. I got two of them. One of them was a dancer. One of them was most likely to be a con artist award <laughs> high school because they didn't, they didn't know what sales was. Yeah. And so like, I was like, dang, that hurts guys. I'm not conning anybody. Yeah. 
I'm like, but like, you know, sales makes the world go around and it was just funny. Oh yeah, it, it, it does. And I, what's funny is I was always told I was going to be a salesman growing up. Oh, um, interesting. Because I'm just a talkative dude. I liked, I did stand up comedy always. Like whenever there was an assembly, I was like, I got to go do stand up. <laughs> but TikTok didn't exist. And mm-hmm. um, stand up comedians were seen as these unemployed dudes that are, were on buses going country to country making no money. Um, and so I was like, I can't be a stand up comedian. Marketing sounds cool, but like, how do you even do that? Like, I watched. Mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey and how to lose a guy in 10 days. He was like <laughs> pitching these concepts. And I was like, that's what I want right there. Yeah. And I would, I'd call around and nobody, like everyone was just like in sales um, that wow. I talked to. And it was always like, and then I picked the sales degree because it had less um, math than the marketing degree. And I hate math. <laughs> it, and it's like, there's no creative marketing degree or creative degree or like, or anything yeah, like that. But, but seriously, um, yeah. Um, and so I didn't even know creative directors existed. Um, frankly, it was probably like two years into VidArmy that I found out that a creative director existed. Wow. Um, and, and then when I finally got the chance to see what one of them did, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one right there. You know, eventually that's I'd cool. like to start, start another e-com company or do v, uh, VP of marketing or, or something a little more broad. Um, Cause I do like other concepts. I definitely lean more towards creative, but yeah, mm-hmm. creative is like right now I'm writing a script for an alien um, <laughs> where we're, we're turning, we're turning a TikTok um, influencer into an alien in a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, it, it's just like, sometimes I have to pinch myself. I'm like, you're getting paid right now to figure out what jokes this alien's going to say. And you got to come up with this concept with the team. And um, dude, isn't that great though? Isn't that amazing? It's such a beautiful place to be in. And so I kind of want to go back to we are mind though, because I feel like we have some, we have some like uh, common ground there. So for like, and what I mean by that is, um, so mental health is a big deal. Like I have ADHD um, and I'd like to kick off the conversation just by telling a brief story about how like, I realized mental health and the conversations around it were so serious. Um, I don't know. Have you ever read the book, uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss? Or have you heard of it or anything? I've heard of it. I okay. haven't read it yet. No. It's, I, I think it's like probably one of the best sales books and one of the best books on negotiation you could read. Uh, but in that book, Chris Voss talks about how he learned n- like true skills of negotiation when he went and volunteered for the suicide hotline. And so I'm reading this book and I'm using it. I think it's great. And then I get to this part and I'm like, Hey, I could do that. And if Chris says he can learn how to do it, like that'll make you better negotiator then why don't I do it. Right. And, um, and so I, I went into this kind of like pretty selfishly. So I Googled national suicide hotline turns out like you have to actually like be there and work. And I couldn't do that with my schedule at the time. So I looked up like other volunteer things and came across the crisis text line um, where you can like volunteer to be a crisis counselor and they'll train you and everything. Uh, and you just feel it. So basically the national suicide hotline, but for texting. So you just text in and, and, you, and it gets fielded by, you know, by, uh, you know, uh, us, right? Like these volunteers. Yeah. And that, and I did that for a year. Cause once you signed up, you had to commit for a year to do it. And that was like one of the most eye-opening transformative experiences of my life because like I was immediately humbled because this was not a joke 
And I was immediately put into situations that like, you just don't get put in every day and you have to figure out how to help. And yeah, you, you know, and like, and I really was figured out that like, your books can only take you so far. <laughs> like now we're dealing with real people, you know, and it was just mm -hmm. a crazy wild experience. And so when I came across like we are mind and, and just the importance of like destigmatizing everything, it was really special. And, and, but it's a really, um, it's a really long road to destigmatize mental health. How do you feel? How yeah. do you feel about that? Um, yeah, it's much like your small town didn't teach you what a salesperson was. Um, mm. There are still so many people that aren't getting taught what burnout is and what panic attacks are and how to how to deal with one when you when you experience them and um, a lot of the generation before us discounting it um, and just uh, telling you to suck it up and it's not real and you're just being a baby and these kids these days just can't handle the world anymore. Um, mm. So yeah, it's a long road. I, I didn't know what burnout was until I was on a call with someone who was just wanted to chat about We Are Mind and, and just get to know Nick and I. And she talked about burnout and I was like, holy crap, I didn't know that existed and I have it. Um, I yeah. lost myself. I was just numb. I was just on autopilot. Um, I couldn't feel anymore. Um, I'd be with my family and I'd be looking at my daughter and I just would feel nothing. Um, I didn't know what that was, um, or I'd have panic attacks and my wife would just see me on the floor of our closet and I'd look like a fish just <sighs> gasping for air. And she was, she just didn't know what to do. She'd freeze. She was like, I don't even know what's happening here. Um, and I was like, me neither. <laughs> I think I'm dying. <laughs> it's, it's, so yeah, those are, there's those a lot of education. Times. Or even just down to the basics of like someone, someone you work with taking and just needing to take a day off and not and just saying, hey, take all the time you need, not saying, hey, why or 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 uh, mm. people managers like prying into the reason someone's not there. It's like get over it. The work's gonna get done. Um, yeah, yeah. And and how we approach conversations and when we ask people how they're doing and really mean it, are we prepared to? um dig in if they if they say they're not okay yeah are we there to listen or are we going to start prescribing prescribing because that's what we want to do or are we just going to sit there and be like that must be really hard i'm here for you mm, yeah yeah that that's what changed for me um because when we were in the crisis text line and we were being trained as count as like christ and i'm not like i don't have any degrees in counseling it was just for this uh company um, I feel like it's yeah. important. I should say that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there was very clear. I still have the, you know, they would call this empathy MVPs. I still have the handbook and big letters at the top was like, we don't give solutions. We just hold space for people. You know what I mean? We just, we're just there like, and it was crazy. And then, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that short YouTube video. Like, um, it's not about the nail. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a great one. Yeah, it's got, I mean, it's got a ton of views, but like they showed us that video. That was the first time I've ever seen that. It was crazy. It was an awesome video. And then it just changed everything, like how you talk to people, right? Because yeah, I mean, empathy is just one of those things that goes goes a lot further than we realize. 
Yeah. Yeah, we, we always feel that heavy responsibility to fix it. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's ironic that, that that's not the solution. <laughs> uh, Kit, I, I don't know if you've spent time thinking about why that is, but I'm curious if you have, like, do you have any thoughts around, like, why that might be? Um, I think it can be incredibly, uh, like, unvalidating. Is that a word? We'll go with it. Yeah, invalidating cool. yeah, to sounds good to me um to just be told like when you come to someone and say hey i'm feeling this way and then their response is like oh well have you tried running more um have you tried sleeping better have you tried have you tried pills yet it's like it, you're just you're just like saying go fix it or like you're not you're not really validating the issue or mm -hmm. or talking to its complexity and and issues with the mind are, are so much more complex than like you know try mm -hmm. waking up at, consistently at a certain time it's like yeah you should go do those things yeah um but that's i not love what point, jim carrey's yeah it's not the point yeah. i love what jim carrey says he's like i believe depression and anxiety are legitimate but I also believe that people who aren't exercising, building proper relationships um, and giving themselves a fighting chance, uh, they're not giving themselves a fighting chance. So mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. should be doing those things. And, but, but that's not your job to prescribe those and, and kind of state the obvious or like, mm -hmm. you always get that ant that you're like, you know, <laughs> that comes in when you post about mental health, she'll come in and say like, well, you know, I had a cousin who um, she would eat, she would eat this certain type of mushroom every night and it, it completely cured her anxiety. It's like, uh, <laughs> that's great. But, but anyway, I'm feeling something and I just. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Well, it's like, you know, what's funny about this and, and it's just kind of crazy how it all came full circle for in, in, for me in my life was like, that's ultimately what made me a better salesperson was like, just do just shut up and listen. Stop trying, you know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. Like, you know, like as a salesperson, cause you're like, you, you hear all the buzzwords, right? Like marketing will tell you, you know, like there's that thing, like marketing will be like, you know, we're looking for these people who say these certain things and like, you know, and they're in these situations and this is how we fix them. Right. And then you're a sales guy and you're just a green sales guy. They're like, let's go. He said it all. I'm ready to, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's not the point. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I've gone, I've gone deep into sales calls where I haven't even talked about what I do yet. Cause you just want to make sure that like, yeah. they feel like they've been heard um, in a very real way. Like no one wants to be dumped on like that. Yeah. And so the same thing, you know, if you have people dealing with them, de depression, anxiety, um, things like that, like it's, it's, yeah, they just don't, you know, they don't want to feel like a project either. That's kind of one thing is I've meditated on it. Like no one wants to feel like that, I guess. I don't know. I could be off there too, but. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of work to be done. I don't think we'll ever get there, um, but I think sure. all of us committing as a society to work on it together is is really all I think we're looking for. Yeah, we're not gonna just wave a wand and and um and and fix it. <laughs> yeah, well, and and you know what's funny about that um, is some people wish you could, and I just don't think it would. I don't even think waving a wand would do any good like people need we need like the the rawness of like what's actually going on to like help people really understand you know what i mean yeah for sure yeah yeah i like that so 
Um, you said it was by accident. I love that answer, by the way. Like I've interviewed, I've had, I've interviewed, I've had, I have 250 hours of interviews with business owners. And like, that's the most common one is like, dude, I wasn't even trying. Um, but certainly you must have had some kind of, and I mean, I know everybody's battle with mental health is different, but like, what made you want to like decide to pull the trigger and make this a thing? Because some people, you know, fall on things by accident and, and they don't ever do anything with it. Um, and so there, there was there something that was like, this is it. This is what I need to do. This is what we need to do. Even if it did fall in your lap kind of thing. I think Nick and I are both just struggling with the craziness of entrepreneurship. We brought him on as our CEO um, at the mm-hmm. army. And um, we were just kind of going through all the, the startup craziness and experiencing um, uh, mental struggles as a result, but also just lifelong lifelong uh, mental health issues that we'd been struggling with um, and didn't fully understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just confided in one another. And then, and then one day I was like, Hey dude, what if we did um, an organization like this um, for mental health? And he's like, yeah, totally. And then we like, w- we got a logo made and we'd have discussions and over the course of like a month, we kind of like pieced it together. And then Nick just launched it. I think ultimately um, done is better than perfect because if it's not done, you know, there's, if nothing's there, there's, there's nothing there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Very deep, uh, words from Levi, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, done is better than perfect has always been my motto. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's how, um, we, our mind was certainly born was, it was yeah. like, hey, let's throw this out there, see what happens. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, done is better than perfect. You, I mean, that's you the figure model. it out as you go. Yeah. 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 That's, you got to be willing one. to build the airplane while you fly it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that, man. Uh, I think that's, I think that's great. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, at the end of the day, then, I mean, what's, wh- what is it for you that make, that keeps you going, that keeps you moving, that, that gets you excited? Um, I think after exiting the business, um, uh, I think it really, it really got drilled into me, um, that family is, this is all because of family. We're all, the family is the why we're all doing this at the end of the day so that our, our kids can have a good life and that we can have a yard to go play with those kids in and that they can smile because they, um, have those basic needs taken care of I so after my exit I I got in a really really dark place and I was just feeling discouraged I also had a separate incident outside of the business um, where a significant amount of money was stolen from us by someone that we knew Um, and it was just a tricky situation Um, and so between the, like leaving the business, having, um, a lot of money stolen from us, um, it was, I was just like, why am I even here anymore? Um, and I tried to take my life. And when I was, when I was in the act of doing it, I, I'm way too stubborn to call a hotline. Um, nobody was really around to help me through it, or I, I didn't really want to call anybody, but thankfully the one thought that got me through is I pictured my three-year-old daughter um, looking at my wife and asking, 
daddy or mommy where's daddy uh, um and missing me and wondering what happened to me and and just being baffled at like where where is he um i couldn't i couldn't stand the thought of my daughter asking my wife that uh, and so i stopped um and you know with with medication and time and getting into a better a better living arrangement um I, I haven't had those thoughts since, thankfully, but, but man, it's crazy to think you can get there. Wow. Well, I appreciate you telling that story. I know that's, that's tough, man. That's so crazy, but it sounds like, I mean, it's just a crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. I just, yeah, that's just, I mean, I, I can't imagine, but I, I appreciate the story and that's a beautiful way to kind of remember and, and like, inspiring for others just to keep fighting right yeah yeah wow <clears throat> well I, I mean again i appreciate that because that that's kind of what the point of like the thinking project is is like just expanding your mind and just realizing that um you know just knowing the stories of other people can really help us kind of get through our own i mean that's why we love the i don't know i don't know i i I'm pretty religious, but so I use this term because I like it, but like the myths of the Bible, right? Or like the myths of the Greeks. Like I love these uh, stories or, or and really just any stories like um, of, of the business owners that we've had and like the real stories of people because it just helps other people like get through it. And, uh, and, and do you feel like that? Do you feel like um, in, in We Are Mind, um, do you feel like that that is valid, like that, that other people's stories can help pull other people up and help other people out. Yeah, that's, that's what got me through, um, mm -hmm. was knowing Johnny Hanna has been through this, Corey Stevens has been through this, talking to Nick and knowing that he's been through this, and then cracking open the conversation through the thought bubble and mm -hmm. um, asking for people's stories, and just organically people sharing we are mind in conjunction with their mental health stories. Um, it's, it's amazing to be like, oh man, if that person, if he or she is struggling with this and they make it through, like just knowing you're not alone mm -hmm. um, helps more than you could ever know. It's, it's like your question on why, why is giving solutions um, not the answer? It's hard to put your finger on it, but not knowing you're not alone um, is probably one of the best solutions. Mm, yeah, that's so true. Because we aren't alone, man, because uh, there's a big community out there. So it's very admirable building that community of just people who who understand it's a big endeavor, but I hope you get it and you're, you're crushing it already. And I just hope I hope it keeps going. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and likewise. <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Before I let you go, you've been more than generous with your time. Um, tell people how they can get like get involved with We Are Our Mind and follow you and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, well, if you've got any extra space in your home, uh, consider listing it on neighbor for storage. Uh, if you want to help people know they're not alone with mental health, share the thought bubble on your profile. Um, post a story about um, your experience with mental health. Um, and uh, if you want to purchase any apparel on our website, all of the proceeds go to providing free therapy to those who need it. Um, and, uh, if you ever just want a weird, um, discombobulated, um, LinkedIn feed, 
um, filled with ADHD thoughts, then you can follow me on LinkedIn. All right, right on, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me.